Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday edition of the program. Merely Bo, the great Z, still out under the weather. Gibby! Sad. It is sad. It's the Gibby show now. Eh, it's not. Let's, let's, let's not let's not put expectations on things. The level of panic that is ensuing right now throughout the various households that I am connected with based on the incoming weather for this weekend, it's a scene, man. It's a real scene. And then anytime I try to minimize it and then I look at the actual weather, it might be justified. If this all hits... Yeah. You were the first to make me aware of this yesterday. I didn't even look that far in, a, in advance. I knew it was going to get cold, but I was not aware. Um, and then I started to look at, like, the daily stacking of precipitation. I It's a full day, brother. I'm trying not to look ahead. My wife yells at me now daily. She goes, I don't want to report. <laughs> like, come to me on Thursday or Friday. Like, yeah. I don't want to know. Well, it could change. And it can't. And by the way, it has changed a little mm-hmm. bit. It's gotten a little bit better. Saturday, it's starting to taper off, and you know, you could have if you live on the east side of town. If you live in the higher elevations, well, it's not going to be over on Saturday. But yeah, um, it, it's just going to be like the Arctic of Arctic air coming in. I, I feel like I might have to have a conversation with the voice about opening those windows. What is a temperature that? that the voice would be open to doing a show in. I mean, we've done some crazy, What's the coldest one that you've done since you've been the game day producer? I mean, we've, we've gotten, we've, we've been in single digits. Really? And you're wide open. Yeah. Now the question is single digits, wind or no wind. Cause if it's wind, then that's a totally different And the wind has been minimal based on our spot. You know, I, We've done some really, really cold games in in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it, it, at, at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and those have been pretty brutal. Um, we've done some games where the wind has literally come in the booth and gone up and lifted the ceiling tiles. Oh, <laughs> swoops in. So, you know, it it has gotten more. Even looking today, it looks like it's been it's gotten a little more mild because there was talk yesterday. We we're talking about a high of eight. And now it looks like it could be a 16 by the time you get to Sunday. Um, oh, I would Max take that. Wind- I had not seen that. I yeah. would take that. I would sign up for that all day long. The Max Wingus have gone from swag. <laughs> I know. He's living his best, best life. life. It's, 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 it's a Tuesday. Um, Max Wingus went from 68, remember, yesterday to now 39. So still, that's a still that's a still problem, brutal, but but the average wind was in the 30s. Now it's 17. So it's already it's going to be cold, but it's not going to be. I mean, I was curious if it would have stayed at that with an air temp of eight and a max wind of 68 and a sustained wind of 30 something. Is that even safe to play in? I mean, it's borderline. It has to be borderline. My father went to Red Right 88. And I know the wind chills were in the minus twenties, minus thirties, if yeah. not a little more than that. By the way, I'm I'm pretty sure that they're the exact same amount of people who are at Red Right eighty eight who are at the Cavs Victory Parade. One point three million people were at Red Right. Totally 88. possible. Everybody you talk to who's of an age, and I'm and no doubt doubting your father, I know that you had tickets and I remember all of that. But anybody you talk to of a certain age was at Red Right eighty eight. Yep. 
How many people did that stadium hold? 175,000? 73? Yeah. 74? Something like that. You all couldn't have been there. No. No. And by the way, it was way too cold. The worst one I've been to as a fan um, was the game here in uh it was against the bills the the phil dawson game in the snow the snowball game in 07 yep that was the the coldest game that i've been to um from a as a spectator and i didn't remember it being cold so much as just it it rained and then it switched to snow and it was just you were soaked it was real it was all of those things but the real trick was it got colder as the day went along and it wasn't so much like once you got in there it was okay the snow was pretty overwhelming but it was leaving because I'll never forget this, like trying to walk back to, we always parked at Johnny's. Sure. And we would, um, we were trying, or Chop House, one of the two. Anyway, we were trying to walk back there. And I remember coming around a corner downtown and the wind almost took us off our feet because it was sheer ice underneath. It's my father-in-law. Uh, he he slipped, God bless him. I had him. I mean, it was brutal. I mean, the, the it was black ice and then wind blow, snow blizzard. That was the worst one I can recall as a, as a fan going to. Yeah, and, and that's, that's bad. And, and this is the problem. This is where I'm at. You know, getting my crew to the stadium for yeah. pregame for the game, and and while it may might make sense to do it from home, if you don't have power, you don't. Sure, you can't do anything. And that's very much could be in play if you have wind gusts like this and snow like Correct. this. Power lines could be affected yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really it's tricky, and it, it, this far out, I mean, we had a big change already in this from yesterday to today. I needed to keep going in that direction. Yeah, I need the snow machine to shut off early in the Friday evening. Yeah, yeah, that'll be the key to it is when when that all happens and uh, and how it goes. Uh, coldest one you've ever been to as a fan? High school, I, pro, college, I, what jumps I, I out? Went, you had to be at a brutal one in Bowling Green. There had to be a brutal football game. Oh, there was a wind chill in, in summer in Bowling Green. So, I mean, it's <laughs> – there, there were some bad ones, but I was always lucky enough that I was working for the radio station doing yeah. the games. Yep. So I was like, I'll take the booth. Yeah. It's fine. I'll take I'll, that all I'll, day I'll long. do stats that day or spot. That's I'll be good. Um. So as a fan, I not really, but – there was a there was a game in December against the Chargers, probably 06, December of 06. Yep. Um maybe I think 05. it's 04 because somebody had tweeted me about this. I think it's 2004. It was so bad. It's the only time I have left a game early. That was it. My my <laughs> ex was with me and the weather was so bad at, I mean at halftime you you ha- I had no feeling left in the body. I had four like layers on. It didn't matter, and it was just one of those. It was the end of the season, and she looked at me and she was like, "We, I can't, I can't do this." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, that's fine. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll concede on this one." The uh, the two that I remember uh, most vividly, uh, both were back home. The two thousand Montana Montana State game. Uh, the air temp on that one was minus. The air temp was in the negatives, so the wind chill. It was sunny, but the wind, the the air temp was was in the negatives. I want to say like eight below or something like that. Uh, I did a high school football game, one of my first TV jobs in Montana too. That was a state championship game that was just um, that was frozen. It was uh, Helena Capital against Billings West in Helena, and it was just absolutely couldn't feel anything. There was as an Ohio State game against uh, Minnesota in fourteen that was single digits, and the air temp was in the negatives. 
uh, the wind chill. So those are. But what happens is, and we were talking to Joe about this and others, like when you get into the teens, then your body ceases to function in a normal manner, and that's the thing that makes it really tough. Uh, let alone from a fan's perspective, but in just the game perspective, that makes it tough. I, there was a Bengals game in December. Gradkowski, yeah. I think, was our quarterback at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, it was the last game of the year, and we went and tailgated. My buddies and I, mm-hmm. my brother-in-law, my cousin were there. And I remember we took a group photo. Like, your face actually changed shape yeah, yeah. because of how long you'd been outside in the cold. Like, it totally, it didn't, my, my brother-in-law did not look like my brother-in-law. No. <laughs> oh, it's it's not right. Um, I put a ribbon on this with this. Um, my dad sent me a graphic of apparently the worst of this is happening in the motherland. And Montana has a chance to break the air temp record lows uh, this week. And so there is, uh, like near where I grew up, near Great Falls, the air temp is minus 39 air temp, not wind chill, air temp. Um, there's a couple in uh, near Bozeman and Butte where the air temp will be like minus 47 air temp. Like, I don't, that's a freezer. I don't even know what that is. I, how, do, how do animals operate? Like, I, I grew up say, in it, but I don't, that's air temp that cold is pretty rare. I mean, it's how do you get everybody in, in a barn? You don't. I mean, the how cows you, aren't in a barn, like, they're out. They got fur and they, you hope for the best. I mean, that's kind of what it is. I mean, you got to break ice for horses and and that's the way that it goes. But no, there's not. They're not at barns. So these are these are the one instances when my dad would let the dogs come in the house. It was very rare. Thirty below air temp. That'll do it. Be a dog night. That's a dog night in. Um, all right, players are back in the building today for practice. Just remember, from a calendar standpoint, this is a Wednesday for us. Um, it is a Tuesday, obviously, but it's a Wednesday for the players because we play again on Saturday, which I liked a lot. You and I were talking about that off air. Yep. I like that Saturday calendar. Um, I like having that day after. You can watch the league or whatever. My, I, I like the college calendar of the Saturday. It feels like a win. Um, but th- that's what we are, again, obviously, with back-to-back Saturday games. So they are back and they are practicing. You'll hear from Coach. He'll be at the podium in about 20 minutes. And uh, a couple of roster uh, updates. Ethan Posick going to return from IR. So that's so he's got he's got twenty one days or the team has twenty one days to figure out you know to activate him whatever I mean if he's ready to go let's let's get him in there on Saturday he was great I mean yeah. he started the first ten as you guys remember uh, Nick Harris went down early in camp and then Posick was great started the first ten games got that injury in the first quarter of the game against Buffalo on the twentieth uh, and placed on injured reserve on the twenty second so. We'll I mean, see how he, this goes. If, if they can get him ready, no, yeah, no offense great. to Yelda Froholt because he's done an admirable, admirable job filling yeah. in. But Yelda's a, a guard. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean <laughs> this is. Center. Yeah, this one feels like uh, that could be a real boost for the interior of our, of our offensive line. You had Monday Night Football last night, and because it's the NFC, um, and they spent a lot of time talking about this on the broadcast, the traditional less so on the Manning cast, but talking about the. The fact that the Packers are still very much in it. Rodgers spent much of his press conference post game talking about the Packers being very much in it after a 24-12 win over the Rams on Monday Night Football. They are six and eight. Um, the problem for them is that the teams that they are looking up at in the NFC have tiebreakers over them. They've lost to both the Commies and the Giants, so that that makes it tricky for them down the stretch. So they need they need they are at six and eight. They need the Giants to lose out, 
and they need totally the, possible. By the way, well, what does the Giants' schedule look like as we say? I'll totally possible. Let's. I mean, that was a big win for them the other day. Uh, let's the Giants see. are at, at Minnesota. Vikings. They're not losing to the Colts. They're at Minnesota. Colts at home at Eagles, and the Eagles could be playing for nothing at that point. So the Giants, to me, look safe. Um, the Commies, because one win would do it. One win gets you nine five and one if you're the Giants. The Commies to get to nine. Um, they would have to win. Well, even even one would do it because that would be eight. It'd be eight, eight, and one. The commies have a tough one. Yeah, at Niners, us Cowboys, depending on what the Cowboys are playing for. So that could be harder for them. And I suppose that's what you're banking on if you're if you're a Packers fan is that the Commies will will lose two out of three and be eight, eight, and one. You'll win your last three and be nine and eight. That's what it would take to get in. I mean, you need a lot. I felt like the traditional broadcast last night was spending an inordinate amount of time breaking down uh, Aaron Rodgers' body language after every throw. I mean, he was... I thought his body language was fine. I noticed that it just it, so preoccupied with it. Late in the game, it. they were like, well, he's freaked out about this, and he, yeah. look at him, he's upset by this. And, yeah, I didn't think that, did you? I mean, it just seemed like he was playing ball. I didn't, I didn't you know, I, I didn't sense that at all. It was... Um, it's not a great game. Um, I was I was predominantly Manning cast last night. Uh, I watched a little of traditional, but mostly I watched Manning cast. And then I do my normal thing where I get to once I know it's coming to halftime, I watch Yellowstone, and then I'll get back to it. So, um, yeah, it was fine. And, and Green Bay still in it. The Rams officially eliminated uh, as they dropped to four and ten. Uh, first Super Bowl champion since when to be eliminated from the postseason the following year? Is it Atlanta? Well, no, they didn't win it. Probably was it Philly? Did Philly not the year after they won the Philly the Philly with Nick Foles? Did they miss the playoffs the next year? That might be it. Um, but they're on the outside looking in. Packers hanging on. the The NFC playoff picture kind of crystallizing a little bit. But and we'll go get some of this stuff in around the league. Um, it, that thing's wide open, man. Especially if these injuries in Philly stack, especially at the quarterback position. Um, did you were traditional broadcast last night or did you do Manning's? I did more traditional. Did you? I, I was at the Manning cast a little bit. I just wasn't feeling it. Mm. It's really getting, you know, it's kind of that they're doing the same thing every week with the pre pre rehearsed gimmicks and jokes and stuff. And I, I just would, I like when they talk ball, like they had little Wayne on at the end and he's a diehard football fan, diehard Packers fan. And you could tell, like he kind of just wanted to talk ball a little bit. And they just want to keep going back to like, here's Eli dressed as a rapper in a spoof. What do you think of this, little Wayne? Like it was like a lot of that. Everything they do is to engineer one of the two of them to be the butt of a joke. So it's I, I didn't it, I didn't I wasn't that into it yesterday. The best stuff they did they had Demarcus Ware and Ray Lewis on together, and that was pretty good as they were kind of talking about what it is to be a defensive football player. I thought that was entertaining. Yeah, but again, they're running the same shtick, and maybe that's why they're not doing it every week. I thought I guess I thought when it was originally launched like what I what made it interesting to me and again I I still watched it more than the than the traditional but what I was hoping it would be is two quarterbacks talking ball and they really aren't too interested in the game the game is very secondary to especially when they have a guest on uh which is fine as long as the but the guest has to be great and the guest has got to be in with everything that they're doing otherwise it's a bit of a a, a bit of a tough sell yeah I I, I like see I, I I'm a big fan of watching the Packers play and, and Lambeau. I've mm-hmm. been there. It's an awesome place. It's so you know that that atmosphere. I just I was interested more in the game. Um, 
our former QB came back to earth. Um, yeah, I we'll mean, see it's, how that goes. It, but no, you know how it expected. We know how it went. We saw the. We read the whole book. You know, we the made-for-TV movie we watched here. We saw it. It's he has. He is, and that every time I say it, I feel like it's comes across like really derogatory. It, it's not that he is a, he is a front runner in the sense of when it is good, he's good. When it is bad, he's not, and he can't overcome the bad in a timely manner. And it leads to more more bad, which stacks and stacks and stacks. He needs people who believe in him fully, who pat him on the back constantly, and then it has to it has to then deliver on the field. And when all of those things happen, he can play with anybody. But when just one of those things is off, it's not there. And you saw that last night. You saw that with what happened in Carolina. I thought it was a little disingenuous. Like the NFL acted like I saw this. They had a tweet yesterday that was like Baker versus Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, no, Baker was cut by Carolina three weeks ago. Started miraculously on two days in town with L.A. They they go and win in heroic fashion in the last drive where the Raiders, I mean, just blew it as big as you can blow it defensively. But th- this is not Rodgers versus Baker. Like, no. it just it's not what it is. But there's nobody playing for the Rams for them to pump up. Well, and that's Sunday during the broadcast of the Tampa Bay-Cincinnati game. Yeah. I mean, Nance and Romo have to call the pig slop on Sunday. Christmas afternoon at 4 o'clock, it's Broncos at Rams. Have you looked at the entire schedule? Oh, I've seen for, it. For Christmas? I've seen it. Christmas Best laid Day. plans. Best laid plans, right? You built that schedule in the summer. So it starts out, it's Packers and Dolphins. That's pretty good. That's the 1 o'clock game. That's the only one. That's the best game of the day. Um, The afternoon game is the one you mentioned. It's Denver and the Rams. Rams. So that's, what, Brett Rippon against against Baker? Yeah. Nance and Romo were literally making fun of the game on On, the air. That's how they're going to spend their holiday, is calling that. And then the night game is Brady against, who, Trace McSorley in Arizona? Is it Colt McCoy? No, he's hurt. McSorley's in. McCoy McCoy got hurt. So that's your Sunday night game. Ugh. Like, it's the best laid plans. You thought you were going to have all this glamour on Sunday and annihilate the NBA, and here's a hint, they will anyway. But it's about as bad as can be, especially the afternoon and evening game. The, the 1 o'clock game will be fun. Um, so there you go. We will go around the league coming up next. You'll hear from Coach at the bottom of the hour. He will be at the podium. It is a uh, it is a Tuesday edition, so we'll do a one thought around the league. The Chief had a really good press conference today where he answered the question that you asked, so we'll have that to look forward to, which is very nice as well, a little higher and lower as well. We're off and running on a Tuesday edition. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans can win big with the digital scratch-off game brought to you by Ohio Lottery on ClevelandBrowns.com and the Browns social channels. Fans can play once per day throughout the regular season by digitally scratching off a virtual card for chances to win great prizes like team shop gift cards, tickets to future games. For more information, log on to ClevelandBrowns.com as we go around the league. Gibby pointing out that the Jets are going to start Zach Wilson on Thursday. No, Mike White. Did you see the Robert Sala comments from yesterday about how uh, first of all, he said, we live in this instant coffee society. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I've had instant coffee in my life. I'm 40. Is that a thing now? Our kids aren't drinking instant coffee, are what, they? What's the definition of instant coffee? I mean, it's like Sanka. 
Like you put the stuff and you pour the hot water on it in that instant? I don't know. I mean, it's like a pod society now, or it's a machine, sure, but I don't know that anybody's doing instant coffee that way. I don't know what that – maybe I'm – it's very possible. I don't know. He was right about the whole playoff ticket thing. He was. Yeah, he knew it, I I guess. Maybe that – well, there's those pour-over things that people do. Maybe that's it. I I don't know what he's going for there, but um, trying to stick up for his quarterback, Zach Wilson, give him time. He's going to be a good quarterback. Too bad no one else on that team cares for him. Well, by the way, Gibbe, he could have stuck up for him by just keeping him the starter if he believed in him. You benched him, brother. We didn't. Yeah. He was 5-1. and one. What was he, 5-1, five 5-2 and one, five and two as a starter? So, I mean, it was justified, but it, you're the one who did it. Uh, Eagles quarterback, and this is the big one. Jalen Hurts suffered a sprained right shoulder in Sunday's win over the Bears. His status for Saturday's game against the Cowboys in doubt, per Ian Rappaport and the rest of the fellows at the NFL Network. This is the one where there's two parts of this that I think are interesting. On one hand, Philly is trying to have the number one seed and the bye that goes with it, um, and so beating Dallas would clinch that because right now they don't have that clinched yet. Dallas, despite having uh, three more losses than Philly, that isn't clinched. So there's that part of it. The other part of this is the MVP conversation. If the Eagles play well with Minshew, does that diminish Hurts' MVP chances? It feels like it's a two-horse race between him and Mahomes, I would argue Mahomes has earned the MVP this year more than ever before, considering what he lost on the outside with Tyreek Hill, who he has to play behind on the offensive line, the fact that they have no ground game. He's thrown for 500 yards more than anybody in the league. He's got 35 touchdowns. I think he's got 10 picks. Um, He's well ahead of that as well. Hertz has been incredible, but also he's got – his receiving core is incredible. Sanders is a 1,000-yard rusher. He plays behind maybe the best offensive line in football. So if Minshew comes in and plays well – that's at play for Hertz as totally. well. Totally, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the and that's the other factor. I mean, you you can take care of business, but then it, if you somehow lose this week, things get a little dicey. I mean, yeah, you you own the tiebreaker with Minnesota, but San Francisco's right there too. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah, you you. I mean, I. I don't think I, think I don't they see win. the Eagles losing out. I don't either. I and I think they win. Honestly, I think they win against Dallas, Dallas with Minshew. Hot garbage these days. Yeah, I think they win with with Minshew. By the way, folks, for the folks out there that maybe aren't aware, this is one of the great miracles of the National Football League. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, does weekly media. He talks after every game. We've talked about this before. Yep. He did weekly. He did his weekly meet radio show today down in Dallas and said that they need to get the ball to uh, Michael Gallup more. Can you imagine a scenario where every NFL owner had a weekly show where they said what the coaching staff should do more? <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable that it's just the norm down there. It's been that way for so long that I don't know if it even makes headway. But every time I read one of the quotes, I just laugh and go, that is just gorgeous. Unfiltered. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, the Eagles announced that Dallas Goddard has been activated from IR as well. Uh, a couple other notes real quickly here. Jonathan Taylor, unlikely to return this season after that high ankle sprain he suffered against Minnesota. Really disappointing coming off a dominant season has last it, year. Has there been a more disappointing guy as it relates to fantasy yeah. recently? There's been other guys who have been injured early and then shut down. Um, Christian McCaffrey in recent years has been a guy who was you know drafted first and then didn't play. Yeah, but I mean this but guy this was, was was a top three pick. He was the number one by far the most picked number one was Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Matthew Stafford says he doesn't intend to retire after the 2022 season during an appearance on his wife's podcast. The morning maybe after you should rethink Stafford. that. Matt. 
does he want to play in L.A.? That's the, the real question of it all. All right, coming up next, you'll hear from our head coach, Kevin Stefanski, at the podium. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer's employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. The Kevin Stefanski Press Conference coming up shortly here. Uh, a couple of notes from practice out there today. Chubb, Clowney, Miles, JJ. Do I have that right, Gibby? Yep. All sitting this one out. Uh, Clowney in protocol, right? Wasn't his? He's in the concussion protocols. Yep, um, Clowney's in concussion protocol. Miles with an illness. John Johnson the third with that thigh injury. Okay, uh, and then Nick Chubb, who with is a, foot. a rare non-practice, uh, showing up with a foot on the issue as well. Maybe we get some clarity here. Here's Coach at the podium. Hey, you know, huge challenge with this Saints team coming in here. A really good football team. I have a ton of respect for Coach Allen and his staff and, and their players. Uh, they present all sorts of challenges offensively. They really can run two different offenses. You can have Andy Dalton in there, maybe a little bit more traditional, but he's playing at a very high level, uh, making great decisions, delivering on time and accurately. Uh, and then you have Taysom Hill, who you have to defend that offense. And sometimes they're on the field together. Sometimes it's one of them at a time. So you really, really have to be about your business and understanding who's on the field, what they're getting to, uh, and really making it a rules game in a lot of ways for us on defense. But uh, a very, very difficult matchup. They have good players all around. Obviously, Kamara, uh, you know, still a huge threat out of the backfield, can do it all. Uh, the young receiver is playing really, really well for them. They're, they're throwing him a ton of balls in all areas of the field. He's doing a nice job. Obviously, they have Jarvis, who we all know how great a player he is. So they have a bunch of good players, and, and they're very well coached. Defensively, you know, Coach Allen running <clears throat> that side of the ball. And, and they do a really good job. They play very, very hard, very, very physical uh, from the front end to the back end. It's, they're very physical. The two edge players are, are special, uh, just unique physically, uh, play hard, make plays in the run and the pass. Uh, just a ton of good players all across the, the, the front and the back end. You have you know, Matthew, who's, who's a ball hawk and, and just a really good player. So bunch of good players there on defense, and then special teams is, is a challenge. Really well coached, have a returner now, a dual returner who has speed. Uh, so we really, really have to uh, be great in our preparation this week, get to know this team. You know, another NFC South opponent that is, uh, you know, haven't faced them in a little while, so getting to know them is, is a very big deal. Uh, but with that, I'll take any questions. <clears throat> Forecast for Saturday, Saturday impacting game planning, play calling, uh, you know, as you get ready for the game? Yeah, I think, you know, weather's a variable that we all deal with. Uh, obviously, we deal with it at home. Similar conversation prior to the Buffalo game when we didn't know, you know, if we were playing there. So it's, it's always things that you take into consideration. Uh, but until you get down there and, and understand what the elements are, uh, there's, there's an, you have to wait uh, until that becomes apparent. So really, you'll get there Saturday and then you'll say, okay, okay, this is what we're probably going to have to do in this game. I, I mean, you, you look at the forecast so you know what they're potentially calling for but I think you also got to make sure that you're ready to pivot uh, in game do you bring it up with guys like this early in the week we do we talk about it but you know we don't control it on the injury report 
What's going going on with him? Yeah, he's we're gonna hold him out of practice today, but uh, he's he's rehabbing. So has that been bothering him long, or no, something that came out of this game? You can play Saturday. Hope so. Necessarily know how much snow there's going to be, but it looks like the temperatures are going to be dangerously, dangerously cold. So I think mean, that's something that you can work on ahead of time. What do you do about that? Yeah, I think just awareness, Mary Kay, knowing what it may be down there, ha- having a plan. Uh, but, you know, again, the weather, it's, it's an element, it's a variable uh, that we have to deal with. Both teams have to deal with it. And designated for return. So, do you think there's a chance he could be I ready do. to go? I do. This time of year, uh, does the field goal team go down to the stadium? They do. How many? One, one day? Usually once a week. Yeah. Thursday? Uh, I think they're down there today. Yeah. Kevin, when went down with the injury, was playing at a very high level, it seemed like. How big would it be for that line to kind of bring it all back together? To get him back. Yeah, again, he's trending in that direction, but got to see him practice first, I would say. And then, you know, I do, Yelda's done a nice job in there. He's really played well for us. Uh, so if if it is uh, Yelda, again, we're excited about that because he's playing well. If it's Ethan, we're excited about that. He was uh, playing at a high level, playing very physically for us uh, prior to getting injured. How has Yelda gotten more comfortable? I mean, it, it, that wasn't a natural position, you know, coming in. Before yeah, I mean, he had played center in, in college, and, and it's something that he really hadn't done with us, and, and maybe much, much in the pros. But uh, once, when you have a smart player like you do in Yelda, uh, a physically gifted player, uh, once he got the reps, the game reps, the practice reps, I think he, you really saw him hitting his stride. When we talked to Nick earlier, he didn't mention his foot, but um, he talked about how. The blocking with the line and the receivers especially improved in that game with, with the Ravens. What happened to make that? Yeah, I, it, it, he, Nick's right in that it takes 11 guys to get a run game going. Everybody's got to be involved. The quarterback has to be involved in carrying out his fakes even when he's not blocking somebody. So I thought the guys did a nice tra- job across the board, uh, tight ends, wide receivers like you mentioned. Uh, and that's what's required each week because each week it feels like you're running into some very difficult fronts, difficult looks and those type of things. And I thought in the last ball game, guys really strained uh, to finish. Vegan fourth quarter rushing. Is there something about him that allows him to be maybe the strongest at the end of the game? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I would tell you, obviously, he's very determined. He, he's a very uh, physical runner, but he's a, he does not like to be denied. When you first got here, what were your first impressions of Jarvis? And kind of what did he mean during the years he was here? Yeah, you know, I feel like we just over the years, uh, talking about Jarvis, just what, what he brought to our uh, to the into the building, into the locker room, game day. I just always marveled at, at him pushing through injuries. Uh, sometimes wasn't near a hundred percent, but fought through it, played, uh, took a hit, got back up. Just a very, very tough physical football player. Mason um, Hill, like. How do you handle a guy that so feels like he's unique to kind of every other team in the league, how they use their guys? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. They do, they do a nice job. He can line up at quarterback, at running back, 
at tight end at a wide receiver type position. He plays all the special teams for him. So he, he's a weapon in his versatility. He does everything well. He's a very, very physical runner. Uh, doesn't run like a quarterback per se. He, he, uh, he, he runs like a fullback. Uh, can throw the ball, can throw the ball to all areas of the field. There's no limitations to what he can do in that regard. So uh, it presents a huge challenge. And then not to mention, you know, you defend him as a quarterback and he can just line up and, and block. So uh, it, it's a, they do a nice job. I, I think they you utilize him in a very, very smart way. And, and it's credit to them. They're using, the, you know, a really versatile football player. About the midway point of the season, you guys had one of the best defenses in the league after playing pretty poorly you know, through the first few weeks. It's kind of been the opposite for the offense where you rank so highly in efficiency and that's, you know, that's fallen uh, you know, in the week since. What do you make of that where each unit is not playing well at the same time that, you know, from, from a consistent basis? Yeah, obviously, like we've talked about in the past, you're looking for consistency from your football team. Uh, and then within the units, you're always looking for consistency. But uh, sometimes the, it can be a, a few different things. It can be opponent-driven. Uh, it can be just certain things that you're doing offensively, defensively. But uh, those are the type of things that we focus on week to week in practice, you know, this week, making sure that we're consistent in, in all three phases. Be ready to go yes. this week, um, but you got you know some some reps out of of David Baldwin and and Michael Woods. Even with David coming back, would you like to use those guys some? Yeah, well, I think it's a great great credit, Mary Kay, to that room, uh, to Chad O'Shea, to Callie, how they prepare the young players to be ready to go. Uh, Dalen Baldwin was is, is a guy that we have a ton of confidence in and faith in, and, and he knows what to do, and he makes plays uh, when the ball came his way. You mentioned David Bell, you mentioned Mike Woods, guys that have given us valuable reps. Uh, so we'll see how it shakes out this week and, and the remaining weeks, but it's it's always important to have dependable football players. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, you heard Coach there uh, talking about a bunch of different things, including the uh, the Saints and the way that they can come about you with Taysom Hill and the play of uh, of Andy Dalton down there. He over, I mean, we'll be fair. I mean, he's a coach. You got to do, oversold it a bit. I mean, they're, they're not quite as dynamic as you'd lead to believe. Chris Olave's great. He's been great all year. Both he and the other wide receiver out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson, approaching a thousand yards on the season. Um, both of them will likely get it with three games to go. And he's been great, but they've been wildly inconsistent. Their defense has been largely good. Um, they're just, there's not a whole lot to scare you with this offense. Not when Andy Dalton's playing quarterback. Now, mm. I will say this. Let's all beware of the situation because in week two when we faced the Jets and Joe Flacco, yeah, Joe Flacco, oh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco's had some success against the Browns. Garrett Wilson got the end zone on that one too, didn't he? Yeah. Andy Dalton has had success yeah. against the Cleveland Browns. So let's not go to sleep on him. That being said, it is a weekly conversation on this show. It was a conversation today in the locker room between the media. Why is Jameis Winston – not playing for this football team. It's one of the great. <clears throat> I don't. It's the one of the great. Nobody knows. I, they Dennis Allen, the coach. I, he's not interested in it. Um, and I don't know if they view it as you'd be worth. I mean, we'll have somebody on at some point. We'll go behind enemy lines at some point this week to just try to get to the bot. I mean, just why is that the case? I mean, because if you think about it, let's take our buddy Jarvis, who coach talked about, and I've seen some stuff from Nick Chubb on Jarvis as well, and I think Chief talked about him too. Everybody talked about him. Yeah, um, we'll I'll get back to him in a second. But if you think about like the drafting of Alave, 
the signing of Jarvis, hopefully what was going to be, it wasn't, but you thought what was going to finally be a healthy Michael Thomas. That offense was built, I mean, my perception was it was built to get the most out of Winston and to see what he was all about. Now, they were in on Deshaun, too. It was New Orleans, Absolutely. us, Atlanta, Carolina. Carolina. Those were the four teams that were the four finalists. So, uh, you know, they, they were in on Deshaun Watson in, in a very, very big way. But once that went our way, you know, the, the fact that they just kind of held firm, the, th- the thinking was that it would be let's run it with Jameis and see what he's all about. And he hasn't been near the field in a long time. He's played three games this year. And they were all early. He yeah. hasn't played in for like, forever, and I was looking at the like the Dalton uh, game log stuff. It's it's Andy Dalton of what he's been for a really long time: eleven to seventeen, one fifty one, uh, twenty to twenty eight, two twenty nine. I mean, it's a high completion percentage. It's a low uh, average rate of pass. There's not a whole lot dangerous there. Eighteen to twenty nine, two oh four. Uh, he had a good game against the Rams, where he was twenty one to twenty five against the Pittsburgh. Uh, defense. He was seventeen to twenty-seven. A couple of picks, one hundred and seventy-four yards. Just pretty pedestrian stuff out of him on the season. He's sixty-seven percent passer, twenty-four hundred yards, seventeen touchdowns, seven picks. So not awful. QBR of no, but not scary. But like Jameis in the three games he played, just under nine hundred yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, he threw five picks, but the offense, one would think, looked a lot more explosive. More dangerous for sure. I mean, this is you know they've now they've been hit by like everybody has been hit by injuries. I I think it's just you know, I, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm watching closely what they did early in the season against you know like the Bucks at home at Carolina when they lost 22 to 14. They lost the Vikings 28 25, and then it, that was it for for Jameis Winston. It's very possible that he was part of the undoing of it. Maybe he had to costly interceptions. Uh, costly turnovers that cost him games. And, you know, when you're coaching in this league, your job is to try and win. Winston's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't great. He threw for more yards for sure, but the turnovers were there. You know, they, they're an interesting team. I mean, Kamara's played 12 games this year, just under four yards a carry. Taysom Hill has given him almost 500 yards on the season. They still have Mark Ingram. I mean, it's, it is a team that if you paratrooped a quarterback in, would have won the NFC South. It's that simple. Their defense we knew was going to be good. We thought they had the playmakers. It's a little stupefying how far Kamara has fallen off here. Yeah. Well, he's. I wonder if that's you know if that's is that just a product of age? Is he has he is he sneaky? He's twenty seven. I mean, he's got one touchdown on the year. Yeah, that's it. I mean that that doesn't do anything. I I I was talking with 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 Jake Trotter downstairs in the locker room, Mm -hmm. and he said. Why not just start Taysom Hill at QB? Like- well, they tried that. Um, they tried that with uh, when Sean Payton was there, remember? And it was it was painfully obvious that he really can't throw it and just run wildcat. It's kind of the idea. But I mean, you got Olave, who's been really good. I don't know. I mean, like, would you have had Jarvis has twenty five catches? He's played nine games, twenty five catches for two hundred and seventy two yards. No. That's it. I, he Michael has, Thomas he has can't been stay healthy. Up quite a bit this year. I do know that. Michael Thomas hasn't been healthy since they paid him. Correct. I mean, like his, 
This is pretty remarkable. Michael Thomas has, the, has honestly the best for a receiver, the best start from a catches point of view of anyone in the history of the sport. He's got 92 catches as a rookie, 104 in his second year, 125 in his third, 149 catches in his fourth year in the league, 149 for 1725 and nine touchdowns. And then the last two years, he's played a total of 10 games. He's got 56 catches in the last two years combined, and a total of three touchdowns after getting paid. Just can't stay healthy. No. He's 29, too, because he was an older kid at Ohio State. Yeah. I mean, Olave's having the year I think everybody was hoping that he would have, but it cost you the number one pick this year. Yeah. Which is going to be potentially a top five or six pick. Well, right. Yeah. It would be if you – Yeah. Because that's where, well, not not quite that well, high, they but won it'll be Sunday, so that screwed that up. Yeah, that hurt him a little bit. Yeah, um, but still a potential top ten pick. I, I mean, you know, you moved they, up to grab a wideout. Give me everything they did was predicated with the feeling of put a quarterback in there, go win the Super Bowl, or go win the NFC South. Yeah, I mean, because the defense was good, the weapons were there. They can't stay healthy. They didn't get the quarterback. So it kind of this is this is who they are at this point, and now they're kind of in no man'sville, and they don't have a way to get better quickly. If the draft were held right now, Houston would go one, Chicago would go two. So I mean, kind of a perfect year for them. They get Justin Fields to develop, and then they get to pick second overall. Um, and I'm I'm sure they'll go defensive line on that. Seattle would pick third, so that's Denver's pick. Uh, Seattle picks third. Detroit would pick fourth. That's the Rams pick. Then the Cardinals at five. The Colts at set at six. The Falcons at seven. Carolina is eighth. Philly from the Saints is nine. So Philly's thirteen. So and they one, dropped because they were overall. it was a top five pick. Yeah. When we talked about it last week, we were talking about you know yeah, they fell all the, the way one down. Draft pick that you would regret trading. Yeah. Yeah. They they fell all the way down. So um, here's another interesting thing about this, like. If you're Detroit and you're sitting there at four, I don't. I would not take C.J. Stroud. I would take what one of your other needs. It's probably defense. I'm sure they have defensive needs considering they give up so many points. Um, and same thing with Seattle. I wouldn't go quarterback there either. I would. I would hold tight unless you fell in love with one of these guys. Um, it's possible that Stroud may fall to like six or seven, with Indy being potentially a spot there. Um, I could see him dropping all the way to there. It's going to be fascinating. If you're him, you're you're fine with that. Yeah, you honestly, in all, a dome. I mean, hell, give it. All these situations are pretty good for a quarterback. If you're if he goes to Seattle, he's throwing to DK Metcalf and Lockett, and they can run it with Kenneth Walker. If he goes to Detroit, he's got all those weapons. Jamison Williams, he knows him well. Um, their offense is electric, and but I just don't know that he's better than Goff, and I don't think I wouldn't bet on that he is. So I I could see him falling a little bit. The, yeah. Really good teams. Here's your lesson when we get to the draft. Really good teams this year that had odd years for injury reasons or whatever, and I would put Arizona, Indy, like these are talented teams. Detroit, um, Seattle, Philly, all of those teams are going to get top ten players in this draft. They're going to add to their rosters. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. The other <laughs> flying under the radar in all of this for the Saints, and obviously we'll go into the Saints a lot more detail. Uh, as the week goes on. But if you didn't have the debacle with the coaching staff in Denver, is Dennis Allen the the biggest name on the hot seat for the New Orleans you know, as head coach of the Saints? 
year one gets promoted after being the DC has made some bonehead decisions for lack of a better term. And they have not lived up to expectations at all, but do you find it? It's so quick, right? Like I think there's a lot of teams in the NFC, especially who are, who feel like they're kind of in no man's land. Like they're all trying to get the quarterback situated. They're trying to align themselves to get a quarterback. I don't believe that this is a quarterback. Great draft. I do not feel about Stroud the way I felt about fields. Um, Levis out of Kentucky is wildly inconsistent. Young at the top makes a lot of sense. By the way, did you see his statement yesterday? Bryce Young, the kid out of I Alabama. knew that he was playing in the bowl game, but I didn't see his statement. Yeah, he said, I'm, I, I look at this as a great opportunity to play with my team one more time. Like, he has nothing to gain. He won the Heisman. He's going number one overall, and he's playing. So Bama, Good for him. Bama still has culture is what that tells me in an era of name, image, and likeness and everything else that Bama's still got a little bit of culture. A couple other takeaways from Stefanski. Stop asking him about the forecast. It doesn't matter to him. At least in front of the media, it doesn't matter to him. <laughs> right. It matters to he the rest of us that have to it. deal with it. But but honestly, like I'll defend the beat here. Correct. Oh, no, like, no, no, no. It's I, the I most interesting thing about this because it's the biggest variable. Yeah, we don't I'm not have taking a shot clue. at the media. No, no, I know. You've I just asked a like, question about it. Yeah, there, he's not going to. He's, he's not going to give no, you anything. No, but the. I mean, the play. Hopefully, some players will. Like, I think you'll get some stuff on that, and we'll play the chief cuts from later. Um, but it is the most interesting variable in this whole thing because it's rare in any sort of competition when you're four days out and you have no idea what the playing surface is going to be, and that's where we're headed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. From a, we're heated, right? How do we, our our field is heated. I think Hoff so. said that Monday. A and bit. I, yeah, I assume he would know. I wonder what the process is. Do you tarp it until right before, and then you're going to tarp it, and you're going to have the jet engines underneath it. Okay, so they tarp, jet engines heating, and then and then as soon like two hours before kick, they take it off. Probably, you'll start taking probably about ten thirty, about two and a half. Because it's got to be clear by 11 because you got players that yeah, everybody wanna, has to yeah. be out and start warming up. So, I mean, you're going to have to have it down by 11 a.m. So, I wonder how quickly it goes from like a, uh, a, a pristine field with good traction that's been heated with blowers and covered to a frozen – like how quick does 16 degrees hit it and freeze Pretty it? Pretty quick. I would think so too. Pretty quick. I that that's going to be a very hard playing surface. Yeah. Come Saturday. You imagine the old days with the astroturf? No, thank you. I mean, on top of concrete. I mean, you talk about the there was that game that was played um the Freezer Bowl 82 Bengals Chargers when it was like minus whatever air temp and that was on that that was on astroturf. Not field turf, astroturf. I mean, you talk about bouncing off concrete. Yeah. I mean, those burns How's a rug burn? Days. How's a rug burn feel? It's <laughs> the first thing I thought of. My God, how does a rug burn feel when it's frozen? The other Chubb got dinged up in the last game. Huh. Wasn't aware of it, but I, I saw him in the locker room today. It looked like he was moving all right. Yeah, he was available I would think he would be too, trending so. toward playing. Yeah. Uh, Posick, uh, coach thinking he can be ready for Saturday, but we'll see. But yep. uh, that's great news. Um. A ton of praise for Jarvis Landry. We should. What you think? Hope, well, Z will be back tomorrow. I, we yeah, we I probably need so. to do like a full segment on Jarvis and and his impact. And 
mean, he meant a lot to us on the show. He was one of the he was from a star. He was on the show more than any other star. Yes. You know, we had buddies of the show and friends who would come on, but in terms of like superstar players, Jarvis would come on. I never forget uh, early in my run, Z was out, and I did like twenty minutes with Jarvis one time, and I just thought. What a dude! What a cool guy he is! And it's funny, my my middle son Beams, he's, he was his favorite player. And just yesterday, in fact, when we were doing NBC's birthday, he was in his Jarvis Browns hoodie. And I and I it's, and even when Jarvis left, I said, "Wear that stuff with pride, man. Wear that eighty with pride. That represents a good dude who did a lot of right uh, when he was here and changed the culture." So we can have that. We can have a longer conversation remembering Jarvis a little bit uh, tomorrow on the program. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns, the help of your favorite four-legged companion. Barking Backers presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. One thought on every game around the league. It's coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Buying or selling a home with Howard Hanna Real Estate Services always a winning strategy. If you plan to make a move this season, they're going to have you covered at Howard Hanna. Every day is game day. Visit HowardHanna.com. Do you know? So, Swag, I just said this. <laughs> oh. So swag, uh, as we know, with the footwear is uh, it ends in a. We know that, and um, and so, ironically enough, uh, I think I've mentioned this before. Sir Nick Faldo bought a place out in Montana, and so like he communicates with a guy I knew as a kid who lives out there too. Nice, the, this rodeo uh, guy Flint Rasmussen who grew up near where I did. What a great name! Oh, he's the he's the he was he's the voice of the professional bull riders, and then he's like he was a rodeo clown for years. Um, so anyway, they live near each other and they go back and forth a little bit. So I was telling, and swag has an affinity for the West. And I told him, I said, you know, one of the shoes that he wears, Nick Faldo wore at his wedding to his now wife, like a year ago. So I said, you know, senior swag, sir, Nick, pretty good, pretty good company. You guys can connect the dots there a little bit. Yeah. It could all work out. It's a good job. Then he walked by and he sent me a picture of, uh, Mike Nicholas's shoes and it's a good job out of him. It was a nice little job. Um, all right, we've got uh, we, we've got one thought as we do every single uh, Tuesday on the program. And I, I, go ahead. I do have a bit of breaking news before hit we me, get into our, our new me, sponsor. Me, one me. thought: this is coming from the NBA. Okay, billionaire mortgage lender Matt Ishbia. Matt Ishbia. Yep. Finalizing a purchase of the Suns and the WNBA's Mercury for a record price of four billion. <sighs> okay, so. So then the Washington football team's worth what, seven? I was gonna say this that's is an a, NBA this is, team. This is an NBA team in Phoenix, um, without um a brand new I mean the Washington team doesn't have a stadium either, but it's not the NFL and selling for four. So Matt Ishbia is the first of all, he's so Dan Gilbert, obviously Michigan mortgages, that worked out well. Um and now Matt Ishbia too. Matt Ishbia played on the two thousand on the the Michigan State National Championship game, he was a walk on. Mateen Cleves. Yep, he was a walk on on that team. He employs Mateen Cleves. Uh, why am I blanking on the other guard on that team? Oh my gosh, they had the two I, guards. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, he was a guard on that. He was the backup guard on that team, and 
and he made his billions through mortgages, just like Gilbert did. And so he took his dad's like had like a regional mortgage company, and away you go. So there was a, a really fascinating real sports story on him. Um, he was the one who gave Mel Tucker the money, the okay. ninety-five million. So it was him who did that. Um, there was a real sports story on him last month. And at the end of it, they said, you know, the thinking was that he would get a that he wants to own an NBA team, and now he does. It's a good one to own. Young, ton of talent, Arizona. great place to live. Could think of worse places. Yeah, four billion. But like you said, what does that make the the commies worth? So the commies are going to be sold in the next couple year, couple, and then did we ever? Do we have certainty in Seattle on what's happening there since Paul Allen's death? Like who's going to no. run that operation, or if that's going to be sold? Uh, it takes a while, like it did in Denver, yeah. you know, but eventually you get it done. Uh, but Washington would be next on the docket, for sure, to be sold. All right, time for one thought around the league. Taco Bell football feast meal during the 2022 regular season. Fans can head to their local Cleveland area Taco Bell to pick up a football feast meal. It includes a Chalupa Supreme, beefy five-layer burrito, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink. After 9 o'clock, the box is 5 bucks. You cannot beat that. Not beating it. I'm just saying... I, I I am a big, big fan of one Taco Bell. There is a new Taco Bell right down the street yep. here on Bagley Road. I like it. I've gone numerous times. Uh, I'm going to tell big, you this. Big fan. I I've said this. This is like this is just fan of the product. I think the most, and I don't know if it certainly when it launched it was a really big deal. I assume it's just the only way. But when they first dropped a Doritos taco shell. Upside our heads. The Locos Taco, baby. Come on. That's undefeated. Like, that's the most brilliant thing in fast food. From I an innovation it. standpoint, how could you go back to the other shell when you have a nacho cheese shell, a Doritos, a taco we, shell? Come on. Connor's eating cinnamon twist in here. Of course he is. He, I, the Chalupa Supreme. Yeah. I had my eye on it. Not yeah. anymore, kids. Come yeah, on. that's it. That looks good. All right. There you go. Good job. Let's do it. Yeah, and they are on board for the rest of the season. So Good. Thanks for coming awesome, on board yeah. and sponsoring One Thought as we go around the NFL for Week 15. And what a week it was. Let's start with Sunday Night Foosball. One Thought, Mr. Bishop, Giants 20, Commies 12. Yeah, I, my one thought is on the Commies. I it, I think they were done in twice by the officials. I You know, the, the play... Uh, the Terry McLaurin wave, am I on, am I off, am, where am I, yeah, scoot up, oh, is this good, yep, oh, here's a flag after Brian Robinson scores, then the non-pass interference, I mean, the, the ball to Curtis Samuel is just out of the quarterback's hand, and he's tackled, and look, I on the scores, a little bit of a, a teaser for the kids, what do we end up, 10 Not and great. No, eleven and five killed. Oh, um, I but, thought you guys were off. No, eleven and five. That was one that I got wrong. Was the commies, and um, but so you pay attention to that. That's brutal. That those that was a brutal finish for them, and it could be really damaging because uh, New York was kind of dead to rights, and they should have been better than that at home. They were also billing that as like come out. The one defensive lineman bought all the line, bought all the tickets for fans. Like nobody wants to go to that team because they hate the owner, they hate the branding, they hate the stadium. One of the most proud franchises. It's a tough spot, and to not deliver, that's that's the one thought from that one. Yeah. I thought the Giants were dead and buried. Maybe they got a little something left. Yeah. Well. Maybe. Hmm. A little bit. I don't know. It that, that was – you're right. I remember going back on the scores, and that was one that I, I think we all felt Washington was yeah. going to take care of business. The Bengals 
They win 34-23, a big third quarter coming back against uh, Tom Brady yeah. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, the Bengals are who I thought they were and not who AP thought they were. That's You remember last week when we did higher lower? Look forward to him coming yeah, in here. Yeah, me. I look forward to that. The Bengals played as bad as you can play for a half of football. Burrow gets a drive right before half to make it 17-13, and then they annihilate Tampa in the second half. Uh, they are right now the best team in the AFC, and I think you could make an argument they're the best team in football right now. They beat the Chiefs. Uh, they've got the Patriots this week, and then they host the Bills in two weeks. And it might – they still need Kansas City. It's Monday to, night football. It's Monday too. night. You're exactly right, which is going to be a monster. They still need Kansas City to lose one more game to get the one seed, um, but they are who, who I thought they were. They are, they've won six in a row. They're the hottest team in the league. I Did you think it know. would ever end this way with Brady, by the way? Like no. Like this bad? Like I don't them? know what's going on with them. They're not I, good. He's not good. I, I don't. It's 45. But like, their wide receivers are, are struggling to make plays. Fournette's just dropping the football, which, I mean, it's what he did at the end of his Jacksonville yep. tenure. Like, you get what you get with that. But their defense just getting shredded the way it did. I, I don't know what's going on. My biggest, my one thought is, and it's more of a question, what is going on with the relationship between Joe Burrow and Tom Brady? So I, on in my morning occupation, I said, I think Joe blew that. I think that, you know, he, he was trying to talk to Devin White, who's an LSU guy and were former teammates, and I think he was trying to do that. And in, in the process, he was almost be, trying to be, maybe trying to be a little too cool. So, I, you know, I don't know. Brady they said some stuff about afterward. I don't know. Uh, Brady said something pre-game or pre before the game last week, midweek, where he's like, "They're def- they have a fine defense," and like some of the Bengals put took that as like they were taking a shot at their defense, which I didn't. But um, I thought that, that I think that was kind of in that wasn't the best. No, but it was definitely awkward to say the least. Uh, obviously, we've spent a lot of time talking about this already, but Raiders thirty, Patriots twenty four, Las Vegas improves to six and eight. New England's playoff chances take a big hit. They fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. Yeah, it's interesting. People say, well, this type of stuff doesn't ever happen to a Belichick team. Actually, it did. You remember when they had Gronk in on the Hail Mary against a garbage Miami team? Like, for whatever reason, this has happened a couple of times to them. Um, Raiders are weird. They're, you know, they're kind of like us. Like, it feels like they sh- if they would have been better earlier, they'd be relevant now, and they, they're kind of stuck a little bit in it. Uh, but that's a crippling loss for New England. Absolutely crippling, stupefying loss. Yeah, I, and I still don't know what Las Vegas is or what the future is, especially with Carr at QB. Is I mean, they he could the guy? Reset. Is he not the guy? I mean, give a, that, that could be a landing spot. Could Derek Carr be a landing spot in New York, in New Orleans, in Carolina? I mean, there's a lot of places he could land yeah. if they wanted to do a reset right now and go in a different direction. Why not go get Rodgers, pair him up with Devontae Adams? Well, he can't move, though, right? Rodgers, isn't he locked in for one more year I now? I feel like he could walk away. Yeah, I think I that he that has an out. Okay. I forget that deal, what it, what it was it's like. It's weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and it's worth like $50 million next year. Uh, Los Angeles, the Chargers, back in business. Eight and six on the year. They hold off Tennessee, 17 to 14 Titans. Now seven and seven have lost four in a row, and there seems to be a lot going on, maybe more behind the scenes that's affecting the play on the field. Yeah, they 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 uh, 
they end with Jacksonville. Jacksonville could have a chance to catch them um, and win that division if it happens. There's a throw. You understand why people are in love with Herbert on the talent. He made a throw on the, the last drive to set up the touchdown where he stiff-armed the defensive end off and then threw it back shoulder down the sideline on a line. And you just look around. There aren't many who can do that. So you understand that. But they still don't equal the sum of their parts. Like this Tennessee team's not playing well, and they only won by three. And they had to win at the very end. Very end. Yep. Yep. Winning in spite of the coach stuff. Feels like that, yeah. Denver 24, Arizona 15. Ugh. Broncos 4-10. and 10. Cardinals 4-10. and 10. Both of them are going to be going fishing here the second weekend in January. Let's do everybody a favor. No thoughts. I like it. No, It's a gift that keeps on giving. No thoughts on that one. Let's not waste any valuable time. Nope. We're done. Moving on. Philly 25, Bears 20. Bears are 3-11, and 11, but you would never know it on a weekly basis. Since no. that team got gutted at the trade deadline, they've been in every game. They've been in every game because they've just unleashed Justin Fields and they've just let him do what he has a 1,000 yards equally right at a and even 1,000 yards on the season. Um, this was a backdoor cover for the Bears. Philly was in control the whole way, and uh, Chicago got that late throw to, from Fields that, that made it a five-point contest. Uh, the one thought, though, to me will be what we touched about earlier, and that is what happens with Hertz's shoulder and how serious is it? And if are they good with Minshew this week? That will be I'm, – I'm interested to see what Philly does this week without Hertz if he doesn't play, and it looks like it's trending that way. Uh, the Pukers take down Carolina. Pittsburgh wins 24-16. to Pittsburgh uh, keeping pace with us uh, in the AFC North. Now 6-8. and eight. Carolina's playoff hopes take a dash, although just a little bit because Tampa Bay still can't put anybody away. Carolina is at 5-9. and nine. You try to figure out Carolina for me. I dare you. They go out to Seattle last week and win against a good Seahawks team or what had been a decent Seahawks team, and then they lose at home to this what's left of Pittsburgh. I'm telling you what, you, I can't make sense of anything that happens in the NFC South. Nobody wants to win it. They're all disappointing on a regular basis. It's pretty brutal. Um, so I, I don't know what to make of other than that they're bad. Pittsburgh playing with a lot of pride. They've got a lot of it, so that you understand that part of it. Uh, is... Does the winner of the NFC South end up getting in with a losing record? Yes. Because the only way to prevent it is they're six. They'd have to win their last three. The Bucks aren't winning their last three. So nope. yeah, it'll be it'll be eight and nine is going to be the winner of at best. I think will be the winner of that division. You think about the. There's no bigger example of it. By the way, the same thing could happen in the AFC South. Think about the, if you are the one seed in the AFC. Like right now, it's Buffalo. If that holds, they would play the winner of the of Baltimore and Tennessee. The two and three have to play Miami and the Chargers. The two and the three play those. And then they have to play each other. So if the one seed gets a bye as opposed to a gauntlet game, and then they get Baltimore or Tennessee. Which are not gimmies. I mean, I, the, I, you imagine being Kansas City or Cincinnati and having to play the Chargers or Miami in the first round and then having to play each other just to get to an AFC championship. Conversely, if you're Buffalo right now, bye week, winner of Tennessee and Baltimore, yeah, I'll take that road. Give me that road. That, uh, the that's one why, seed is critical. That, that's why through week 18, every game will matter. 
in the National Football League in the AFC. Oh, in the AFC, it's like just because they clinch playoff spots means mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. No, right the, now. the one seed in the AFC, it's less so in the NFC because the the five will be Dallas yeah. and they've got some talent. But it it the other my my takeaway from the NFC South teams and this game is they're not even bad enough to get like a top five pick. No, they're you, you no. might not even be in the top ten Picking before 12. it's all said and done. Yeah. You, you're you're in obscurity. Congratulations. Uh, the Detroit Lions are now seven and seven on the football season. They knock off the New York Football Jets twenty to seventeen. One thought from you, Mister Bishop. Uh, they've got a little belief. I'll tell you about Dan Campbell. Like um, he makes four stupefying decisions, and then a great they make a great call on the fourth and short where they get the touchdown to the tight end. Um, I I think. They've got all the momentum in the world. They've won six out of seven. Uh, New York is going to stick with Zach Wilson for another week. They're now seven and seven and kind of teetering a little bit. Um, if Detroit gets in, they could be very, very dangerous because they are scoring. The, they weren't great scoring in this one, but New York's pretty good. Uh, they can score it, and they are just – you don't know what you're going to get out of them. They're such wild cards. They do so many things off script. Well, and there's something to be said for playing well at the right time. Yeah, they are. And you can make the argument that they're playing as well as anybody right now. Yep. The New Orleans Saints beat the Atlanta Falcons twenty-one to eighteen. I don't. I don't. A- NFC South again. Awful, awful football. Desmond Ritter played in this game for Atlanta. Um, I mean, they're just they're just trying to. These teams are playing the string out, brother. That's it. So, the NFC South. Tampa Bay's four and four. Tampa Bay, Carolina, New Orleans, all four and four at home. Atlanta's four and three at home. Away. Tampa two and four, Carolina, New Orleans both one and five, Arizona or I'm sorry, Atlanta one and six, like just hot garbage away from home, but yeah. just five hundred at home, just awful football it's being brutal, played. Down brutal. Uh, Jacksonville in one of the big games of the day comes back and beats the Dallas Cowboys in overtime on a pick six, 40 to 34. Don't look now, folks. Jacksonville, a game out of first in the AFC South at six and eight. Yeah, they're a real deal. I, the composure, Lawrence steps up they're, at the end of regulation. He steps up, and they're going to go try to go win the game um, and fumbles it. And you think to yourself, well, there you go. That's it. Lesson learned. But they stuck with it. They get it to overtime. And then they get the bounce pick six for the overtime win. Lawrence is like a 70% passer the last six games, 14 touchdowns, one pick. He is validating all of the hype around him. And also Shad Khan having the stones to say, this ain't right with Urban, and I'm not wrecking this kid, so you're gone, and I've got cause for it. You're out. I need to get somebody in here who can nurture this kid. you got to tip your hat to him. Trevor Lawrence, 66% completion percentage on the season, 3,500 yards, uh, 24 touchdowns, seven picks. Pretty, pretty pretty good. He's been good. insane the last six weeks or so. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars' last three games, Thursday night football in New York against the Jets, and Houston, home for Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, it's there for them. I mean, we talk about week 18 could be Bengals-Ravens. Could be that on Sunday night football to close out the season. There's a lot of possibilities because it's all there's also Ravens and Bengals are on that final weekend. Yep. There's a lot of playoff winner ends. Uh the Chiefs hold off the Texans in overtime, thirty to twenty four. Back to back weeks. Actually the Texans going back to our game. Three straight have, have covers. Played well, yeah. Just not well enough. 
Yeah, they have. They're, they're showing a lot of heart. Uh, the move back to Davis Mills seems to have helped. Kansas City, it feels like they're just trying to – they're bored. They're just trying to just get to the postseason. That's kind of where they are. Um, but they, they really have struggled running it. Mahomes at one point hit on like 20 straight passes in this game. Um, they don't have really a consistent ground game. They don't have a consistent deep threat, but he's so great that it doesn't matter. He, sh- he should not be Kobe'd. Uh, this happened to Kobe a lot, where it's like people for- forgot him in the MVP when he was the best player. Don't do that to Mahomes. He That's the right choice this year. I, I agree with that. I, I just I don't know how Kansas City goes into Buffalo in January if they have to. And wins if they can't run the football. No, I agree. I just think that, I, but Buffalo's not great at running it either. I think you just you're just rolling with 15 is the deal. You know. Yep. I mean that's why I, I keep coming back to Cincinnati. The Cincinnati's built to play and they can run it. They if can they do either to, one. They Same, can. And, and really Baltimore to a certain extent as well. Yeah. If they just didn't have all the injuries. Yep. Uh, from Saturday, Vikings 39, Colts 36 in overtime. And here endeth the Jeff Saturday experience. Thank you for coming. Yep. Appreciate you keeping the seat warm. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah, 33 nothing, biggest comeback in NFL history. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, Vikings defense, by the way, still sucks. It's going to be a problem for them in the postseason. Um, but they can score with people, but that's that, that's a bad loss. Bad, bad loss for Jeff Saturday. I, it will be interesting to see who the Vikings get in round one of the playoffs because well, right now, I, think they can, I think they can be had. It'd be the commies right now. Be them against the commies if it if it held right now. Makes things a little uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, finally, AFC East Saturday night foosball. It was a big one, and it was Buffalo it's coming fun. up on top of Miami, thirty-two to twenty-nine. Yeah, fun game. Buffalo back in first place in the AFC. Felt like they needed it more than Miami did. Almost. I know Miami's lost three in a row now. Um, but it felt it felt like one that Buffalo really needed to kind of validate what they've been doing. You know, they hadn't played clean in a while. That was, that was a good win for them. Yeah, good win. I, I read Peter King's Football Morning in America, and he was like, "Hey, you know, like Miami, that's a that's a good like morale win." Yeah, I'm like, you've lost three in a row, man. You bombed two on the West Coast. You came to the East Coast, and. You had your chances. You played competitive. I'm not saying you yeah. didn't, but you've lost three in a row and you're eight and six, and your wiggle room has gone away. No, it's all, all of that at the bottom of the AFC. You know, yeah. it's all it's kind of still all up in the air. So Dolphins last three, pretty good. Home for the Packers, must win for both teams. Yep, at New England, must win for both teams. Mm-hmm. Home for the Jets, must yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would say that that's a favorable schedule for them, but the way that they're playing right now, losing three in a row, I don't know. Right, but I mean, like, the Packers have to win it to continue. I mean, you're not going to – there's not a cakewalk. There's not anybody who's pushed the chips in on the season. Nope. In their final stretch, not at all. Uh, all right, the Chief coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
The Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams. You transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it real for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors, my friends. The Bath Authority's Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler. They're experts and factory trained. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. The number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs and insulate and keep the heat in tub to shower conversions as well superior products with expert installers at the bathauthority.com 216-220-8399 500 bucks off right now at the bathauthority.com tell them that Bo sent you uh, i got this from villa brown's dude he's watching live from london nice to see you he says he wants my jacket you can't have it but if you visit uh the great friends at homage they may have one for you for purchase um the chief does not need jackets. He needs nothing, in fact. Gibby asked, will he wear a shirt in pregame? You're going about ready to get the answer. Here's the chief. You're from South Florida. How have you been able to deal with this weather over the course of your career? What are you looking forward to uh, Saturday? I'm not from South Florida. I was born in Jersey. Oh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, Check that. I'm used to you know the cold. However, it doesn't mean I like the cold, but on game days, I don't really mind the cold. As you can probably tell, I'm shirtless pregame every game. Will you though, do so that Saturday at minus 10? I will. Does that help you get used to the cold when you do that like quicker? It's more just like a mentality thing, you know. On on game day, I feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've played in some colder games here. Is it, is it harder to catch the ball when, when the temperature drops below a certain level? It is what it is, you know. It's football. We're in the colds. It is what it is to me. Can you uh, talk about Jarvis Landry and, and what impact guy, he had, for on, sure. You know, on this locker room and mm-hmm. on this on this team. I think he had a huge impact. I think he was one of the main reasons we got this thing turned around, um, along with obviously a few other players. But um, I, I got to give credit to him for the majority of it because you know he had the mentality, the mindset of winning, of you know pushing through adversity. And I feel like that rubbed on a bunch of players at the time uh, when he was here with other players that were here that aren't here anymore. I think that rubbed off on everybody and we were just, you know, focused on, you know, pushing our limits. So, yeah. Were you disappointed in when he was released? Yeah, I mean, you know, in this, in this business, you create a lot of relationships, some stronger than others. And, you know, it's tough to see people that you really care about, you know, go somewhere else. But it's business, you know, it is what it is. Hey, I've seen you like break down the team just before the games on a couple occasions this year. How, who decides who breaks down the team? I guess it's more of like a feel. Do you just like, volunteer? You know, I mean, it's, I guess in that instinct, like that instant, I was, you know, very motivated to, you know, to play and to get the other guys going. So I just, I just felt it was necessary that I talked. So it's like spur of the moment? Yeah. What, is it every time you've done it? You've done it a couple times this year. Um, I don't know, man. It's maybe, yeah. David, can you talk about um, you know your penchant for hurdling and uh, and just you know is this a part of your game that you know is, is that always going to be there? I mean, it's definitely a crowd pleaser. And what what's the mindset of of the hurdle? The mindset of the hurdle. I mean, I guess it's just like the spark of the moment, you know. If I see a defender, you know, thinking like he's running, obviously when I have the ball in my hand, I'm running towards one way and I have people running towards me. So I guess just like the way I see someone coming at me, I decide what I do. 
you know. So to complete my question, what inspired you to do that uh, oh, what's wrong, before the Ravens came? Break down the team and send a message to the locker room. I had a lot of energy at the time, and I wanted everybody else to feel my energy. What was your message? To dominate. Dominate, you know, you get hit in the face, you get back up, you hit them in the face. David, did you have any question in your mind with the playoff chances being what they were after the Bengals game, that you guys would play with the same effort against the Ravens? Our focus is 1-0 every week. You know, no matter what happens, our focus is 1-0 every week, and we take great pride in that. So we're focused on the Saints this week, and the following week we'll worry about that. How do you keep to that when there's... It's a mentality thing, you know. Obviously, things aren't the way we want it to be, you know. With our record, we wish, we wish it could be better, but it's a mentality thing. We're here for a reason, for a purpose, and we're going to do that. How much is, um, with, with Deshaun, with how much do you feel like you have really kind of established that rapport that you like to have uh, with the quarterbacks in such a short amount of time here? I think we're definitely getting there. You know, uh, we, we keep progressing every week. Um, I feel like we're nowhere near, like we're not even scratching the surface of what we could be. So... And I mean that as a, a complete offense. You know what I mean? We have so many, so much talent on the offense that uh, we haven't been uh, utilized yet. Hasn't been utilized yet. So I think there's uh, so much more we can do. He's talked about you know, he's still working his way back. Doesn't know when the switch is going to flip to him being that you know uh, superstar that we saw in Houston. But have you? Uh, whether it's in practice or even in the games, have you yourself already seen the glimpses? Oh my God! Of course, of course, I've seen a bunch of you know flashes of excellence, and I know he, I, I know what what he has in him. You know what I mean? So I'm just excited to see him progress, but I'm very excited to see the whole offense progress as well. You know, with uh, everyone together. So is he the kind of player that raises your game, David? Because he is absolutely. You know, he's. I feel like he's very versatile. He can do almost everything, if not everything, you know. I feel like when a, when a play is normally dead with somebody else, yeah. I feel like he has the power to, you know, keep it going and potentially make a bigger play than we would be expected happen, you know, so very happy he's on our side. When you watch Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all this crazy stuff that, that happens between those two, mm -hmm. do you envision you and Deshaun doing Absolutely. First off, those two are legendary, you know what I mean? Um, all the, the the kudos to them, Patrick and, and Trav. Uh, and yeah, I feel like we can definitely do, do things similar to that too, as well. And so it's only a matter of time. So I'm very excited. Man, from his mouth to God's ears, let's make that happen. Would love to see that here. Nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and twisted tea. Tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea, cool, refreshing, and a 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and gold, twisted tea, hard iced tea. Keep it twisted. Coming up next, a little game we like to call higher or lower, better or worse. AP is here in studio. We will do that coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
A car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury. Call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Time for a little higher or lower presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from Ohio Lottery who remind you to set time and spending limits when gambling. Poisel in studio with us, AP. Good to see you, my friend. As always, good to see you guys as well. Give it! Hello. Hey, buddy. Good to see you both. Um, do we want to have a little uh, festivus, a little airing of the grievances after last week and Poisel's... Uh, Bold statements about did, a few teams? We had enough airing of the grievances last week already. But Bo literally spit water out. Come on. I almost spit water out. It was a legitimate water spit. So for those who missed, Poisel had the Miami Dolphins rated higher than the Cincinnati Bengals. I believe Cold Takes Exposed is searching for the clip. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I probably would take that back now. And um, I... <laughs> Look, you last die week on that sword, Poison. La- don't, yeah. don't, don't bow down. <laughs> he's already dead. I mean, no. he's, he's the <laughs> sword is through the is. back. He's on the ground, bludgeoned. He looks like he's in Braveheart. He's an extra <laughs> in Braveheart. There's a horse that's trampled him. Look, you miss. It's hard to be perfect when you're on the radio, and uh, <laughs> I find it, it easy. I do it every day. You know, if it, if it's a both spit Never take miss. or almost spit take that gets me to maybe think a little more clearly, then I'll take it. A deep thought. It was like Jack Handy's deep thought. Really was. <laughs> I missed mean, it. Those, got yeah. serious. There was a serious moment. All right, <laughs> time. <laughs> time for uh, today's higher or lower, and it's presented by Keep It Fun Ohio from the Ohio Lottery, who reminds you to set time and spending limits when gambling. Pete Prisco, our favorite heel. Oh boy, CBSSports.com. Week. 15 going into week 16 his power rankings he has the browns at number 21 in front the jags buccaneers raiders patriots behind the packers squealers and falcons boys out should the browns be higher lower or just right yeah i mean i think you can bump them up i'd say to probably 18 on this list because i think they can have at least a better game against the Patriots if they were to play them now versus um, that blowout that we saw in Week Six. I think they can beat the Raiders, and as we know, they can beat the Bucks because they did beat the Bucks. So I would move them up because I do think Deshaun and this offense is making some progress. As hard as it might be to see that on the scoreboard right now, just because it scored two touchdowns with them, and you know the way the defense is playing, I think they could take care of a few teams on this list. I think they're still at 21. Uh, like it's reasonable to still rank them at 21. However, just because they've just been inconsistent all year. Bishop. Yeah, I, I I would rank the six and eight teams: Jaguars, 17, Packers, 18, us, 19 is how I would rank the six and eights. I'd rank as ahead of the Patriots, uh, the Raiders, and the Bucks. Um, but I I think the Packers right now are slightly. I trust them a little bit more than us. Not a lot, but a little bit more. Um, and then Jacksonville, I would have at the top of that list of the six and eight teams. Yep. Next. Higher or lower? Number one is Philadelphia. Number two, Buffalo. Number three is Kansas City. Number four, the Cincinnati Bengals. Bo Bishop, higher, lower, or just right? I, I keep having – it comes across like I'm like a Bengals cheerleader. Like I – <laughs> I like Burrow. I'm not a cheerleader for the Bengals, but like they're look, playing like, really well. Some of this is just facts. They've won six straight games. They beat Kansas City when they played them. They should be higher. The Bengals should be the number one team in the AFC. If Philly's going to be one, and by the way, if you're doing a power ranking on where a team is right now and Jalen Hurts is injured, I don't know that Philly should be number one if you take that into account. But if you want to say time served, number one, fine. 
I think the Bengals should be two right now on this list, even though they are a game behind uh, Buffalo and Kansas City head-to-head. They'll have a chance to rectify it against the Bills in a couple of weeks. Poison. Yeah, I, I agree with everything both said, and before I came in here, I was thinking they could also be ranked the number two team as well. Although the one thing I will say, and, and we briefly talked about this last week, but now they've got two edge rushers that are that are down and could mm-hmm. miss mul- you know, multiple weeks here. So, um, And they've got games against the Bills and Ravens coming up where it would yeah. really be helpful to have those guys on the field. So I think they're still okay with being four, but I think they're on the same plane right now as the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. You could really order that however you want, and I think you got an argument for any of those teams. Yeah. Next. Higher or lower? All right, before I ask you the next one, is it the top five in this power poll and everybody else in the NFL? I think there's a clear line of delineation there, yes. Yeah, 49ers, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. Yeah, I can go yeah. one through five, and then I think it's a step back. Yeah, we've had the same one through four all, all or almost all year. I feel like it's it's been mm-hmm. it's been that order pretty much. Yeah, and the Niners have they've proven they can win no matter who the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets at that point. It's muddy. I, I'll tell you, to me, it feels like if any of the first five won the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm starting to feel like, and I'm getting there with Dallas, that anyone out of that five winning it would be shocking to me. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I think, and the Vikings, too. I, I, I wouldn't put the Vikings on that list. No, and, the Vikings no, no they're numbers, out. I'm yeah. saying yeah, 49ers, yeah, yeah. Bengals, Chiefs, yeah, Bills, yeah, okay, Eagles. Yeah. If any of those five wanted, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If anything other than that, it would be at, yeah, at it, best a mild surprise. Yeah. So yep. the Vikings are our sixth. I, I'm not buying that. The Cowboys are number seven. Poisel, higher, lower, or just right? Um, I think it's just right. And I know. Uh, a loss to the Jaguars was pretty surprising, um, but this was one of the first games all year, I think, where their defense had a, a really rough game, uh, and that's why I think they'll be okay. Now, the one thing that is still an area of concern, though, I do think they'll be okay, but the one area that is still a concern is just that Dak Prescott, the way he's playing, uh, he's, I think he's thrown multiple interceptions, and I think I got three of the last four games now, um, and I mean, that, that, that's that got to stop for them to be able to make pace in the playoffs, I think. Bishop, he hasn't played particularly well, um, but I just was thinking from a data point perspective. Uh, it's been a little about about a month ago. They won. They beat Minnesota in Minnesota, forty yeah. to three. So I understand they aren't playing well right now, but it's not a great matchup for Minnesota because Minnesota's defense sucks. I would have the Cowboys slightly higher, one spot higher than the Vikings. Next, better or worse? Well, screw you, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good way. To... I mean, it, just, it just sneaks in it's there. A gr- it's not it's every a gr- week. Take over the board. It'd be amazing if he was back there I just celebrating. I don't know what that was. That would be but, amazing. Uh, we play higher or lower on this show. <laughs> higher or lower? Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh-huh. I love it. That's great. Uh, <clears throat> real quick, because we're up against it. Cowboys seven, uh, Ravens eight, Dolphins mm-hmm. nine, Chargers ten, Giants eleven, Commies twelve, thirteen, Titans fourteen, Seahawks. Got to get the opinion. Lions at fifteen. Bishop. Higher, lower, or just higher? Right? Higher. Yeah. Right now, they're better than Seattle, Tennessee, Washington, New York. They're not better than the than the Chargers right there with I the Dolphins. I think they give them a good run. I think though. they're better than the Ravens right now. I I would. They got to go way up. Pete's got to move them up. He's got Baltimore eight on this list. Yeah, that's 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 wait, not so right that's, with the injuries. We were we injuries. were we going to talk about Baltimore before we got? No, we weren't. But yeah, yeah they, they they deserve to be low. Where would you put hey. Baltimore, AP? Um. 
I would rank Baltimore, I think, past Miami and Los Angeles and the Lions. So I guess I would put them at uh, 11. Uh, 11 12, I'd, 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 still, I'd still have them ahead of the Giants, ahead of the Commanders, ahead of the Titans. I would and agree Seahawks. with that. Yeah. Good stuff, AP. As always, that was quick. It was. It was really quick today. <laughs> so much out. fun when you're having uh, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> Fans, mark your calendars. Face off on the lake presented by Meyer, the first major outdoor hockey game. First Energy. It's February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes host the Michigan Wolverines at First Energy. Tickets on sale starting at just 12 bucks. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. So much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And OBM is the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. While you depend on the Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM. They'll tackle any size office. That number is 216-485-2000. Or visit OhioBusinessMachines.com. Perhaps tomorrow's a girl will be off vacation. I mean, a nice, nice little nice December getaway off. for yeah. him. Well, he's, val- he's the co-voice. The co-voice of the organization. you got to get that done. Um, we're back tomorrow for more fun. The next level is coming back, uh, is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.